Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Two Peas on a Pod Podcasts. This is Mark White, and we have a guest this morning, and it's great to have Austin Griffiths with us today. How are you doing, Brother Austin? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for being with us today. <laughs> We've got with us today one of the honorary P's. <laughs> One of the four P's on a pod polo group, the infamous Mark White. Welcome back to the podcast. It's good to be here. You're not on Zoom call today. I'm not on Zoom call. I'm live and in person. Live and in person. Two evangelists parked 10 minutes apart. That's right. What in the world? That don't happen a lot. It does not happen a lot. We assure you. We talk all the time, and we are never 10 miles apart. But we are today. Yeah, more like 10 hours, but today just 10 miles. Yeah, 10 miles apart. So, of course, without even thinking about it, we're going to get together and record some episodes for the podcast. Yeah. So we're both sitting here in the state of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. There's no trees. There's no no hills. Nope. There's no nothing. Just flat ground everywhere. Flat ground everywhere. My wife said she absolutely loves the sunsets and sunrises out here. They are so, pretty. Yeah. There ain't nothing to hold them back. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> there ain't nothing out here. It's all flat. Yep. We was out in, uh, I guess you call it the Holy City, somewhere down around, uh, what's the name of that place? People that are from Oklahoma listening, they're already shouting it out, and I can't remember. <laughs> but it's down there past Oklahoma City somewhere, out by the Wichita Mountains is where it's at. Wichita Mountains. Yeah. I've it's never out been there, there. Out there around Lawton, Oklahoma. Is where it's at, and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool, and we got to see the sunset out there. It was all flat, and we had a great meal and some ice cream, so it was a good time. That sounds like We got fun. to go up. I, I want to say it was called Scott Mountain or something like that. We got to drive all the way up to the top, and I'm telling you, it was like 50 degrees at the bottom, and up there it was like it felt like 25. Wow. I mean, it was cold. My whole face was cold. Yeah. Was, yeah, we couldn't stay up there very long. <laughs> but anyways, Oklahoma is flat. So yes, all you listeners, I'm telling you what, Oklahoma ain't Kentucky. No, it's not. Those are two completely different <laughs> looks. Two completely different looks. That is right. Oklahoma is also windy. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of is. wind here. There ain't nothing, again, to break it. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, what have you been up to? You've been, you've been busy? We've been busy. We've been uh, – Man, I tell you, this year we've really put some miles on the truck. We've been all the way from Maryland to Oklahoma and Texas and all the way down to Central Florida and preaching about every state in between with the exception of North Carolina and Tennessee this year. So wow. We've been we've been all over the place. So you not only evangelize, of course, we're both evangelists, but you have a – Level of your ministry, a part of your ministry, I should say, that I don't have. And I just don't have the calling. (laughs) I'm not funny enough. I don't have that personality. But you do, and you do a great job doing kids' crusades. Well, Brother Austin, I would say you may not be funny enough, but you sure look funny enough. (laughs) 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 You're not even the first kids' crusader on here. Brother Burdine beat you. He did. He's the king. He did beat me. The king of the crusades. But you're trying to follow in his footsteps. Yes. And you're doing Kids Crusade. So do you have any special moments or well, I guess first, tell the audience what your what your theme was this year and kind of how you what's the process? Like how did you figure out what theme you was going to do and all I mean the skits and I've not actually been to one of your Kids Crusades live. But you held one for my home church. Uh, it's been some time ago. Back in August. And they Marco Poloed it to my family so my kids could watch it. So on the Marco Polo group. And uh, I watched every night, and you guys done an awesome job. So how, how did you get to that part to where you're like, hey, let's do this? Well, basically, it just boils down to me and my wife. We get together, and we just brainstorm about a lot of different ideas. And then, obviously, we'll make it a matter of prayer. And then uh, – we will get you know just get settled on one topic which this year was a sailing theme and so she'll just come together and 
we'll think of everything that we can possibly think of that goes with sailing, you know, anchor, boat, ship, sail, uh, whatever it is, and uh, she'll start planning, making decorations there's for a, it. There's a few biblical stories about water. There's a few. <laughs> just you a had, few. You had plenty of material. <laughs> had plenty of material. And so we just, uh, like I said, we take uh, probably about this year, we only took about a week and a half. This n- next year, I'd like to take a little bit more time, but took about a week and a half to make everything, which we was able to get it done, but we almost, you know, that's cutting it short a little bit. But um, we uh, did a sailing theme, and our, 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 our phrase was sailing life sea with Christ. And uh, we've had a lot of... Uh, We've had a lot of good response in the alders with the with the young people. And you said some things that stick out. Uh, yeah, the first thing that stuck out in my mind, we was doing the Kids Crusade this year in Georgia. And uh, I think it was Thursday night. I think it was. I was uh, in the message. I was preaching. I think it was about the wind, about the wind of the Holy Ghost. And just preaching and there was seven people that got saved and one of them was an adult. Wow. We had six children and one adult that got saved that night. And uh man just uh and then there was another one in particular man it really does your heart good whenever you see the kids on the altar and they're really praying and like six, seven, eight years old I mean, praying like they're a 30-year-old that's trying to get a hold of God. They're snotting and crying and just seeking God. I tell you, that's a that's very encouraging. And uh, we've uh, we've had I I didn't keep a count, uh, but there's several this year that's gotten that, that that said they got saved from our kids group saved, and I give God all the glory. It's not that in makes us. it worth it all. That makes it worth it all. On a lighter note, one of the things that sticks out to me was I was preaching one time. Uh, my message was Psalm 56.3, what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. And I've got a little, I always try to use an illustration, yeah. an object lesson when I'm preaching a kid's crusade. Get them eyeballs looking at yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, How do you do that? Yeah. I've got some, <laughs> I've got some kids that said, <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> I said, no, it's not yeah. magic. There's a for, for the audience that <laughs> yeah. does not know yeah. Mark White, he likes illustrations. I do. Even in regular preaching, I try he even to likes illustrations. To, he even likes to squirt ketchup on the church floor. <laughs> hey, we did put something down. It wasn't just on the carpet. He <laughs> likes balloons. He likes water. He's, he likes fire. Fire, oil. Uh, yeah, oil. <laughs> just, just about the whole kitchen. <laughs> but uh, I was preaching, and my illustration is... I've got a gallon freezer bag filled up with water and I was, I had three pencils and I was talking about no matter what you go through in life, you can trust God. And I'll ask somebody to, if they think they can trust me to come on up and they'll raise their hand and this and that. And I'll say, and and I'll pick one and say, so you think you can trust me? You don't know me. You've never met me, but you think you can trust me? Yeah, I think I can trust you. And so they come on up, and I'll show them the bag of water, and I, and I won't show them the pencils yet. And I'll say, with me holding this bag of water, do you think you can trust me? And most of the time they'll go, I think so. <laughs> and then I'll say, I'm going to hold if over not, their I'm head. not, I'm about to get wet. <laughs> exactly. I'll hold over their head, and I'll say, do you trust me? And then some will say, no, I, I don't trust you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll take that, and I'll say, now here, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to take three pencils, and I'm going to hold this bag over your head, and I'm going to stick it through the bag, and you're not going to get soaked. And I'll tell them there might be a little leak out around the pencil, this and that, but you're not going to get soaked. The bag's not going to pop. And so there's you know they're up there and they're shaking and they're shivering and everything, so thinking that you know man I, I don't know this guy from Adam and I'm trusting him to do this over my head, this and that. Well, I was doing one. And I got the first pencil in just fine. I mean, it sealed on, you know, it didn't even drop maybe but one or two drops of water. I'd done the second one, and it went through, but before I could let go of it, I pulled it back out on the other side. So I've got a hole, 
in this bag that the water is pouring all over this kid. And I'm like, whoop, that wasn't supposed to happen. So, so I plugged it with my finger, and I just laid the other pencil down, and I just put it in my bucket I had. And I said, now, guys, I messed that up, but you can trust God. <laughs> oh, man. So rule of thumb, don't use an illustration that can go wrong. Yeah. So now what I do, instead of using three pencils, because I've actually – Tried it with three several times and got it to work, but I've had it mess up on me like two or three times. So I got the hint. I'm only sticking one pencil through the bag now. <laughs> I'm not doing three. I'm just going to stick one because usually I always get the first one. It's usually yeah. the second or third one that I mess up. Oh, man. That's bad. Man. I couldn't imagine using an illustration and then it messing up like that. that it, just I don't use illustrations very often anyway, but... It hasn't happened a lot, but it, the main time that it happens is when I'm doing a kid's crusade. I've only had it happen one time I, that I can think of preaching that it didn't work. Um, and that was recent, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> but oh, that's, that's a story for another time. <laughs> I remember hearing you one time, you've got this message, um, and you, you've used a, a balloon, and I think there's water in it. And I didn't even know this till I'd, I'd seen you do it, but you put a lighter underneath it and the balloon doesn't pop because there's water in it. And then you have a balloon with just air in it and it pops every time. Mm-hmm. And so you was preaching about that. And I remember you being in one service preaching about it and you had that balloon with water over the bucket and all that stuff. And then as the service progressed, you said, well, I'm just going to come over here, over here on the church carpet, right in front of everybody for all you doubters, just to show <laughs> you that the balloon's not going to pop. Yeah, <laughs> I did do that. But uh, I've never had that pop yet in a service. But uh, I will turn that balloon up, and you can see where the fire's cooking that balloon, yeah. and it's turning it black. And Wasn't I, there one, one incident where – Somebody gave you the wrong lighter, well, and it very well could have popped it. It could have, but <laughs> I I tested it out before uh, I preached with it. I okay. took it over in our camper. Um, we was, I'll tell you where it was. It was that Brother Seth Couch home church there in of South course, Carolina. It, is, it was Seth. Yeah, it was. He was trying to, he was trying set to sabotage. Me up is what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, completely sabotage. Yeah, that's what he's trying to do. So, Brother Seth, if you're listening, I hope you feel convicted. <laughs> <laughs> but. uh now, uh, our lighter had run out of fuel, and it was almost time for church, and I didn't check it before. I should have checked it the night before, but I've always just grabbed it and went. Well, when I checked it, we was out, and we didn't have time to go buy any more lighter fluid. So I asked him if he had one. Well, he did, but it was like a butane torch. One of them, with them, them, a lot them, hotter. Yeah, it was a lot hotter. And so, oh, man, thank you. appreciate that. You've really helped me out here. So I said, you know, I, I better test this thing out before I take it over because <laughs> with, with with my torch, I don't ever test it anymore because yeah. I've, you know, because I know what's going to happen. Well, I tried it with his, and I'm telling you, I put it underneath that balloon, and it didn't last two or three seconds, and it popped and went everywhere. <laughs> it went everywhere. I I was holding it over the sink. But when it hit, it splashed out everywhere, and it went inside of his torch, and I never got it to light again. I was like, oh, great. I don't know what I'm going to do now. I finally got it to light, but what I had to do, I had to turn that thing on the lowest setting possible, and it was still almost too hot. Uh, it almost so you're like the holding balloon. a balloon and lighter like yeah. seven feet apart. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, this fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it ain't going to get this balloon. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Well, Kids Crusades is a great time. People love Kids Crusades, especially the kids. Yeah, especially the kids. <laughs> so if you're interested in the Kids Crusade, you can message me on our email at 2Ps21 at yahoo.com. T double. I always say that. It's not T double. You do it's say T-W-O. that. You do say that. Zach tells me that all the time. It's not double O. No, it's not. It's T W O. P-E-A-S-2-1 at yahoo.com. I've caught you saying that several times <laughs> listening to your podcast. Oh, I get just to talking fast. You know how preachers are. Just you know, you probably fast. get more emails if you tell it right. Yeah, <laughs> that is probably right. <laughs> but if you're interested in the Kids Crusade, you can email me there, and I will get you hooked up with the infamous Mark White. <laughs>
So we're both evangelists. We're both on the road, always traveling. And one of the wonderful benefits of traveling is we, my friend, get to eat a lot of different foods. Oh, yes. <laughs> we don't. We get to experiment out of the area we was both in, and which has some wonderful food in that area. But it's awesome how you get to go and try Cajun dishes. And I don't know how it is, but in our area, most people don't smoke meat. They just grill no. it. But when you go out traveling, there's a lot of men that smoke meat. And I remember preaching a revival a while back, and um, – Brother Ryan Marquis, he's actually been on this podcast before. He said, I'm going to make you a chain smoker before you leave here. <laughs> he said, we smoke all the time around here. So it was a running joke. But I'm telling you what, we I've had some unbelievable different kinds oh. of food lately. So let's just talk about that for a second before we get to the content for the day, the scriptures of the day. What, what What's some amazing places on the road that we've we've been? Well... I would say I just found one just since we've been to Oklahoma, and that is Brahms. Oh, man. I tell you, um, they've got good food, but, man, I think— Somebody in Oklahoma shout right <laughs> That's now. That's right. That's right. Uh, I love Brahms food, but I tell you, what I probably like the best is just their ice cream. Oh, it's good. They've got amazing ice cream. Milk's good, too. Yeah. Well, I've never got their milk yet. Yeah. We got it. We got it when we was in Purcell, Oklahoma, a while back. I will say though, we did go to Brahms yesterday, and um, I was looking forward to trying their ice cream. Oh, you know, to eating their ice cream. It was so oh, good no. last time. Uh oh. Well, I wanted a milkshake. I love milkshakes. And I ordered a vanilla milkshake, and I hope I don't offend nobody. But I tell you, that was probably one of the worst milkshakes <laughs> I've ever had. Really? It was. It, it was. You know, whenever you're drinking, it had to be in the worker. I don't know what it was. Maybe, you know, usually when you're drinking a milkshake, it's it's you know, it's thick, and it's good, and it's so delicious and everything. This thing was not that. <laughs> it was like you know, just drinking a mouthful of cream. Ugh. They just put cream in a blender and blended it. I tell you what, their hamburgers are good. They do. Got good I've not burgers. tried their chicken yet. Their hamburgers are delicious. Their fries are amazing. Now here's the question: You don't like cane sauce. No. Do you like Brahm sauce? I'm not a big fan of it. Oh, <laughs> I'm a ketchup guy. Brahm sauce is amazing. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, whenever I eat it on the burger. You don't burger, like any orange sauce, do you? No. <laughs> not really. Oh, my God. When goodness. I order a Brahm's burger, I'll tell you what number it is. Extra I'll, sauce. I'll, I order the number two <laughs> with uh, light Brahm sauce and add ketchup. Is it how I order it? Oh, my goodness. Extra bomb sauce, no ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere else. Now, this is not really a chain. I think there's only two of them. But we was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and the pastor took me twice. Not just once. He took me twice. Hallelujah. <laughs> to Papa and Company hamburgers. I'm telling you what. It's unbelievable. That, that hamburger is bigger than my hand. Wow. That hamburger, and it's probably, I'd say, at least three to four inches thick. Wow. I mean, it was one of the, uh, probably the best hamburger I've ever had. Wow. On top of good fries. Man, it was good stuff. I've never eat there, but uh, you did send me a polo of that burger. Oh, and so it, good. it looked amazing. I'd it's love so to sink my teeth in one of them. i tell you another amazing place, and it is a chain, I guess, around that area. It was a place called the Mighty Crab. Never been Texarkana, there. Texas. Um, I seen one in Fort Smith, Arkansas the other day. Um, I think there might be another one around Shreveport, Bozer City. I'm telling you, the Mighty Crab. You walk in that place, and I was at I was in Revival to another place, and the pastor took me there <laughs> twice. twice. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he asked me. He knew I loved it so much. He said, we'll go there again. We'll go Sunday. I was wow. like, woo. I've never been there to that one. <laughs> Shout on that one. I walked in there, and I got some crab legs, shrimp with no head, Polish sausage, and they bring it to you in this big old bag. It's like a bag where they – I don't know how they cook it, but it's unbelievable. It's just a big old plastic bag, and it's on the bottom just swimming in juice. <laughs> and you pick like – you pick one of like three different seasonings where you get them all together, and I get them all together, and then you get your – Whatever like flavor like you want non spicy or mild or hot or whatever, I tried mild one time and it was really good, but the waitress wouldn't give me no drink hardly. So I'm all right. About halfway through, need another drink, needing some lemonade or water or whatever I had, 
And uh, so I got non-spicy the next time, so yeah. I wouldn't be sitting there with my tongue on fire. But anyways, it was it's amazing. It's yeah. an amazing place to eat. Now, you're going to get dirty. Try. There's a bucket sitting there, and you got a bib on. <laughs> you're going to get dirty, but I'm telling you what, it is unbelievable. Hey, that's all right. I remember one time growing up, uh, me and my brother and another boy that used to go to our church, we went somewhere and cut some grass, and this guy had some watermelon. And I, I'm not a big watermelon guy, but I just remember this story stuck out to me. This guy there that we was cutting grass for, he had his watermelon, and he was just I mean, burying his face in his watermelon. It was running down his face, running down his shirt. I mean, he oh, looked like a kid. Watermelon's good. <laughs> and uh, he he looked up at he looked up at us and said, "Boys, it ain't good unless you enjoy it." And just buried his head back <laughs> down there. <laughs> so there ain't nothing wrong with getting dirty while you eat. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when we was at Brother Brent Marquis. He's got a brother in his church that owns a seafood restaurant. Yeah, I've ate there. Have you? Yeah. Just in time seafood? Mm-hmm. Tell you, if anyone's in the Martinsburg, West Virginia area, you need to go to that place. Yep, I've that, ate at that place. That is a good seafood restaurant. Man, well, I had some good shrimp there. Oh, my goodness. Good shrimp, crab legs, and they got grouper there. I don't know if anyone's ever had grouper. <sighs> I don't know. I had some fish too, but I can't remember what kind it was. Well, I had grouper you. before, though. I had that in Florida one time. Yeah, tell you that grouper, his was like like three or four inches thick, and man, I'm telling you, it was amazing. Wow. Good stuff. We was in revival in Batesville, Arkansas, and Brother Ryan, I told you, smoked meat. I had smoked deer, smoked pork loin, wow, smoked chicken. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there may have been one or two other meats, but I'm telling you, a smoked brisket was another one. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I can't explain to you how good that smoked brisket was. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you what, I went over, He was, I, I think he was off working, and I just walked over to his backyard, and I opened that smoker up, and I was like, oh, this is what heaven smells like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Smoked meat, and I love grilled meat. I just love meat. I don't I care do how too. you cook it. I just yeah. love it as long as it ain't well done. Yeah, but <laughs> it has to be well done. It has to be well done. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're not going to get in that debate today. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, I just love meat. But I smoked meat is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really it's unbelievable. Good. We was at Brother Dalton Esselton's this year doing a kids' crusade, and uh, he smoked some uh, meat for us. And I'm telling you, man, oh. it was amazing. We was in Illinois. And uh, Brother Nathan had smoked some hot dogs and hamburgers. And that's one of the first times I'd really been introduced to smoked meat. And it was it just had such a taste to it. I just made over it. <laughs> I, mean, I made it over it all day. Yeah. They gave me the leftovers. I'm telling you, you get you get away to my heart. It's through yeah, food. That's right. <laughs> my heart. It too. was amazing. I told Kelly, I said, one of these days I'm gonna invest in a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason I don't have one right now is because I can't figure out where to put it in the bus. Yeah, exactly. But one of these days we're gonna make it happen. Yes, sir. There's another place that I'm telling you I absolutely love and we need to move on. People are probably tired of us talking about food. I'm they not tired even, of talking about I'm it. I'm not tired either. I can do a whole episode on food. We've done plenty that way. <laughs> but I tell you what, there's a place that is a chain. It's a franchise, and I don't know if you've ate there. But I'm telling you what, it's probably one of the best places to go after church. After you've preached, and if you're like me, you are starving after you've preached. And I'm telling you what, there ain't hardly nothing that just makes me happier after church than Wingstop. Hey, I have a Man. That is Shout somebody. Amen. Wingstop is uh, me and my wife love what you walk in that place. You can get, I think it's 10 wings, it's like a large meal. Yeah. You can get 10 wings and you get that original hot. I was nervous about trying it, but we was in Texarkana and. There was a brother in the church that, I mean, he was he wasn't even talking. He wouldn't even talk to us. I mean, he was tearing up them original hot wings. He made them look so good. See, I usually get, like, uh, garlic parmesan or I got mild or barbecue. Yeah. But I thought, I could handle a little heat. So I got that original hot. supposed to be their most popular sauce. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. After about six or seven of them, you can feel it. But it's just, it, they're addicting. Wow. I mean, you hit. I mean, I could tear up ten of them. They got the best fries. They got. Good I really fries. think they have the best fries of any any restaurant. Well, I wouldn't go I mean, that it's far. The only one of the only restaurants, and it's completely different. I mean, they, their fries are seasoned and everything. One of the other restaurants I think has probably got Brahms has amazing fries. I love crinkle fries. I'm not a fan of crinkle fries, but I do like Brahms. 
I think the best fry in the whole world is Rally's fries. Rally's. You I can't only find the Rally's no more. No, well, n- down down south there, Checkers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Checkers and Rally's is the same place. I hate to even say this because I've been so hard on them through the years, especially on the podcast. <laughs> but if they're hot, straight out of the fryer, straight out of the fryer, and they're McDonald's. hot, McDonald's fries are good. <laughs> yeah, they are good. Wendy's used to be good till they changed them. Yeah. I hate that. I hate Wendy's fries. It don't bother me I that like they them. change them. I still eat them. <laughs> I don't like them <laughs> that much. I need a few, but McDonald's fries are good if they're hot. But I'm telling you what, Wingstop's fries, and you know what makes them even so good? They have the best ranch. They, I think Wingstop has the best ranch. And so you get them wings with them fries and that ranch. And then they got the Coke machine with like <laughs> 1,700 flavors to pick from. Yeah. Woo! Wingstop is a good place. Very good, Wingstop. I like, hey, let's go. Let's turn this thing off and go right now. <laughs> Where is it? <there>? Google. <laughs> I haven't ate today, so I'm just getting hungrier and hungrier the more we talk. Wingstop near me. I found a few Wingstop locations near you. Oh, oh man. man. 47.1 miles. Hey, we'll hop in my truck and go. <laughs> <laughs> man, Wingstop's good stuff, it and I'm hungry. Good. It's lunchtime. So the scriptures for today, we're going to read out of Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. God wants to pursue you. That's right. He wants to pursue us. He's not willing that any should perish. Ain't that what he said in John 3 and 16? For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Woo! God wants us to be saved. That's right. The rest of that verse in 17 says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be, might saved. be saved. God made a plan. Jesus wasn't plan B. He wasn't playing C or D. He was the lamb which was slain from the foundation of the world. That's right. He wants us. He made a plan for us to be saved. I tell you what, here today, we're going to talk a little bit here as we switch gears from Wingstop, (laughs) amen, to the salvation of the Lord. And I tell you what, the Bible does not teach predestination. No. It does not teach limited atonement it at all. Not. No, sir. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. All sin. I was in church last night and I said, somebody say all. All. All That's right. sin. All sin. To believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can only cover this sin and not that sin. That's wrong, my friend. That is wrong. If you hear a preacher say that, that ain't Bible. That's that's false doctrine. False doctrine. That's wrong, 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 wrong. The that's blood right. of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from all sin. That's right. And I'll just go back to what uh, what you said, John three sixteen. You just touched on what you said. He said, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever." I mean, all you gotta do is go back to English class and look at that word yeah. "whosoever," and that means. Anybody and everybody. Romans ten thirteen. Romans. For whosoever shall call, shall call upon the name, upon of, the the name Lord, of the Lord, shall be saved. Shall, shall. That's, That's right. a binding word, a That's contract right. word. Shall be right. saved. You can put your own name in there. That's right. You sure can. And Jesus said, come unto me all. Yes, ye that all. Labor. All, all. Not a few of you, not most of you, not the limited selection that God has predestined to uh, live forever in heaven, whatever. But he said, "Come unto me, all ye that labor." But uh, thing, man, that I love about the Lord is it does not matter how far you've sunken, how far you have went down in sin, how how far your life has gone. It does not matter where you are at. There is a God in heaven that is able to reach you right now and lift you up and save your soul 
change your life and give you a life worth living, a life that you never could have lived outside of God's grace and the blood of Jesus. I'm telling you, it does not matter what you've done. Uh, and the devil, he has told so many people, Brother Austin, you can't be saved. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I... You I, blaspheme the Holy Ghost. The That's Holy one Ghost. of the biggest lies yes, sir. from hell. And I know, I know, don't, don't, don't get mad at me. I know people have done it. I know people have done it. But you cannot blaspheme the Holy Ghost on accident. Yeah. Look right. it up. Study what blaspheming is. You yeah. have to want to do that. Yeah. And so when my wife was a pastor's daughter in a pastor's home and he's and the devil's telling her you blaspheme the Holy Ghost and tormenting her mind. Yeah. It's a lie from the enemy because he knows that he can scare people. Yeah. Into not getting victory over that. You yeah. can't just accidentally stumble upon blasphemy. That's right. Know that God wants you. Yeah. And the thing about blasphemy, you know, uh, a lot of people say, you know, well, the Holy Ghost, he must be greater than the Father and the Son because Jesus said, uh, uh, he that blasphemes the Father shall be forgiven. He who blasphemes the Son shall be forgiven. But he that blasphemes the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven in this life nor in the life to come. And all, all, all he's trying to say is it's not because the Holy Ghost is greater. It's because he's later. You know, the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament, uh, the Father dealt with man. In the Gospels, it was all on Jesus Christ. Now that Jesus has ascended back to heaven, the Holy Ghost is the active working agent in the world today. And so whenever you have blasphemed him, there's nobody else after him. There's nobody else coming after him. And that's all he's trying to say there. You know, it's not because he's greater, he's later. And uh, uh, But you are 100% right. You cannot accidentally blaspheme him. It is a intentional choice that someone makes. But here's the thing about it. Most people, especially in our churches today, and I even fought it whenever I was seeking for the Holy Ghost. I fought it, you know, man, I'm going to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Or maybe I have blasphemed the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if, you, if, if, if you're worried about it, you ain't blasphemed him. If you're worried about you know having blasphemed the Holy Ghost and there's something in your heart that wants to live right and there's something in your heart that, man, you want to make heaven your home, you're not going to be the least yeah. bit worried about it. It's a it. good indication if, you're fine. Yeah, it's a good indication you're fine. But, uh, man, go back to what I was saying. There is a God in heaven that it matters not how far you've sunken, God is able to pick you up. And there's a passage of Scripture that I always go back to, and I've even preached this. But um, I tell you, it's a very powerful passage. One man asked the question, said, uh, how far would God go to save me? How far would God go to help me? How far would right. God go to reach me? And uh, um, I believe... This passage right here in John chapter four or Job chapter fourteen, verse starting at verse number seven, I believe this passage answers that question. And it's this right here. For there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will, not it might, not it could, not it's just a possibility, not God'll think about it, but there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that the tender branch thereof will not cease, though the root thereof wax old in the earth, that, and, uh, and the stock thereof die in the ground. He's saying there, there's a tree that's been cut down, a tree that has been cut down, and it's in the ground for a long time, but it's also been there so long, Brother Austin, that the fibers of the root have begun to die in the ground. And it looks like that tree is never going to live again. It looks like that the tree cutters or the storm has uh, had its way with this tree. But verse number nine, it turns it all around. It says, yet through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. And 
the scent of water there, he's talking, it's in reference to rain. The rain comes, and when it saturates that root, it saturates that stump. There, It does something down on the inside that, uh, man, it rejuvenates that thing and brings the life back down in there, and that tree is able to grow another tree from the stump. And I'm telling you, if, and if there's hope for a tree, there's hope for me. If God is able to put inside of an old tree, I don't believe for a minute that the Lord is putting this in here to just, you know, just because he has a fascination with trees. I believe he's trying to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you had to stop that, didn't you? That just turned me funny. <laughs> fascination with trees. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> is it going? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's still going. <laughs> go ahead. Collect yourself. Okay. I don't believe the Lord is putting this in here because he has a fascination with trees. I believe God's trying to get a point across to us, and I'm 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 the one over here trying to be spiritual. Austin's over here cutting up. Oh man. <laughs> I can't help it. Go ahead. But uh I believe the message he's trying to tell us is if there's hope for a tree, there's hope for me. And Look at verse number seven. He said, for there is hope of a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again. Nowhere do we read, Brother Austin, how or why that tree got cut down. We don't read if it was a storm that blew it down. We don't read if it was a tree cutter that cut it down, why it got cut down. The only thing we read of is a tree that's been cut down. But the reason I believe for that is the fall of that tree, how it got cut down, why it got cut down, why it's fallen is not what's important. The important thing is that it can grow back. It can be restored. And if God will go so far as to put, it's actually called stump sprouting. He put in, in, in a tree a natural regeneration process uh, that a, uh, a root system uh, stores energy that's produced in photosynthesis and it directs it into new growth from the stump. And if God can do that for a tree, I'm telling you, there's nobody that's unreachable. Yeah, you've not gone too far. You've not gone too far. You've and not he, done too much. You've not done too much. You can come to an altar, yep. give it all to God, and He can him. give you a clean slate. That's right. Preacher the other day said it, and it's so wonderful. He said, "A clean slate. You can't ask. You can't ask for nothing better than that. You can't ask for nothing better than a clean slate." That's right. You know, in the Old Testament, when they would come and temporarily have their sins covered, they was just getting a band aid on a big wound. Mm -hmm. But God, Jesus, didn't come to give us a band aid. He didn't come to give us something we had to get over and over and over and over and over. He gave us. Healing. Healing. He gave us the blood of Jesus Christ that will wash your sins away. Those yes, in the Old Testament, all they experienced was a covering, but we experience a cleansing. Yeah. You don't need a band-aid because the wound ain't even there no more. Yeah. The scar's not even there no more. And then the Bible says not only is does he forgive you, but he completely forgets yeah. everything. He yeah. completely forgets it. I remember hearing a preacher not too long ago, he said, I wouldn't take all the money in the world for you to go behind the cross and see what I've done. And God spoke to him and said, if they went back there, they wouldn't see nothing. Yeah. Because behind the cross, Praise it's God. completely forgotten. Praise God. And the only, you bring it up in prayer. If you bring it up, you brought it up because he don't even remember. God and his omniscience, God and his amazing knowledge and his amazing power he's got all power and all knowledge and he's everywhere but he can forget oh yes a lot of i think where a lot of people go wrong is um brother they they feel like they can't forgive themselves for how far they've gone and i i know some people like that and it breaks my heart they know God can help them. They know God for God can forgive them, 
and God can set them free and God can lift them up, but they can't forgive themselves. Yeah, I got. Well, I just got to fix this, and yeah. I just got to take care of this first, and that, yeah. that's a lie. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to look around at your life and say, "Well, I need to. I need to take care of this, and I need to. You know, I need to quit shacking up. I need to get married first, or you know, I need to." I need to quit this job because it's not right, or I need to do. I need to quit doing drugs, or you, don't, don't, yeah. don't, just get saved. Yeah, go to the altar right now. No matter where you're at, make that an altar and get saved, and then God will help you exactly. take care of what needs to be taken care of in your life. Oh yeah, and uh, going back to Job 14, that passage right there, Brother Austin. If you look at it. It's painting a picture of three different scenarios that look hopeless with one solution. And then the, I just touched on what they was, but one was of a tree that's been cut down. But the second one was of a tree that's been cut down for a long time. It's been there a long time. And the, and the third one is it's been there so long that the roots are starting to die in the ground. And on the with our naked eye, it looks like it's hopeless. It looks like it's over, but there's one solution that the Bible gave, and I believe this solution is for us. He said, yet through the scent of water, it shall bud and bring forth boughs like a plant, like a plant. and it's in reference to rain, the rain of the Holy Ghost. And you turn over to, to the book of Joel, and there's a verse there that we quote a lot, and I've even used it a lot of times, but I just quote that verse but i want to go back a few verses before this one that we quote and i want to tell you how god's going to do it and it's the book of joel chapter 2 starting at verse number 23 about midway down the verse it says for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month the rain we liken that to the Holy Ghost. And this is what he said. And the floors shall be full of wheat. And the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. Saying, you're going to have some results. You're going to, things are going to grow. You're going to be full when the rain comes. But this is the part that we always quote. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. You know how God's going to restore you? You know how God's going to set you free? It's going to be through the rain. You got to come back and let the Holy Ghost clean you up and change you. And I'm telling you, it does not matter what your spiritual condition is. If you can get in the reign of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you'll grow again. If you're lost, get in the reign and he'll save you. Amen. If you are backslid, get in the reign of restoration and he'll restore you. If you're if you need a healing, get in the reign of healing and he'll heal you. And that verse right there, uh, Joel 2.25, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. But also, when you stop and think about it, right there, God is promising the impossible. You've said that you can't be restored. You've gone too far, this and that. I'm telling you, if you'll just come to the Lord, he can restore no matter how far you are. Because he said, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Now, stop right there. There's a lot of things in life. That can be restored. We can restore an old building. We can restore an old car. We can restore an old house. Uh, we can restore some old antique, whatever it is. But one thing that we can never restore is time. And the Lord said, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. It's not talking about that you're going to go back in time and relive the past and right the wrongs and this and that. But what he is saying that you're going to reap a harvest through the Holy Ghost that is going to make up for everything that you've lost. And one man said that it's a bumper crop. A bumper crop is you've come through many years of drought and your harvest, your garden has not produced much of anything. And 
you have you've you've suffered loss but man when the rain comes and it supplies nutrients to whatever it is that you're growing there in the ground and you produce a harvest that makes up for everything that you have lost whether it was a two-year three-year drought you make up for everything you've lost in one harvest because of the rain and that's what he's saying there i will restore to you what sin has destroyed what life has destroyed what whatever it is put it whatever your story is put it right there i will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten one thing i was wanting to do on this episode was talk about the pursuit of god how far god will go to see somebody get saved mm -hmm. what god will do the lengths that he'll go how far that god will go out of his way to see somebody get Saved, And the story comes to mind. I mentioned it in preaching a long time ago, and I was thinking about it when I was thinking about this episode. And I, th I believe my wife actually heard this story first, and she shared it with me. But it talks about a man that was in an insane asylum, and he was just in a really bad spot in his life. And he had a wife and children, but he was in a terrible spot. And his wife one day was listening to a preacher on the radio. And this preacher on the radio was talking about how God could turn your life around and deliver you from your problems and save your life and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so she was so touched by his message that she called this preacher and she asked him, Brother Mark, she said, will you go to the insane asylum and preach to my husband? He's backslid on God and he needs deliverance. He needs help right now. So that preacher said, oh, yeah, I'll go down there and I'll preach to him. So he went down there and preached to that backslidden husband, and God delivered him of those issues that he was having and saved him. And so right after that, he got out because there was nothing wrong with him. And so he made a pamphlet, like a brochure of his conversion, put everything on there, talked about how God changed his life, and he would hand them out and he would preach, and God began to bless him, and he became a missionary overseas and was evangelizing around the, around the United States. And he ended up being in South America one time, and he was missionary down there, and he was in Colombia at a big, large hotel, and it was like some kind of conference room deal and all kinds of people that were there. And he spoke to just large crowds and he was speaking down there just all over the place and one day he was in ohio and he was walking down the street and he said he felt the spirit of the lord he felt god just speak to him and tell him get on an airplane and go to miami florida right now that was it wow. go to miami florida right now and so he didn't second guess it. He got him an airplane ticket, flew to Miami, Florida, and he said when he got off the airplane, the Lord told him, I want you to walk the streets of Miami telling your story and preaching the gospel. It's like, well, this is, this is different. This is weird. And so that's what he did. He come across a couple that was there, a husband and wife, and he got to telling them about his story and what God had done, and they got under conviction right there on the side of the street. And he led them both to God, led them both to, to, to Christ, to salvation. And they got to talking to him, and they end up being a very wealthy couple. They owned boats all over the marina there in, uh, in southern Florida. And they got to telling him, said, hey, we're getting ready to have a fishing tournament on one of our big boats. Why don't you come on? Well, don't even worry about it. Free of charge. Just come on the boat. There's going to be all kinds of people on there. And we'll just have a good time. And we want you to feel free to preach the gospel. So, of course, he took up the opportunity, you know, felt God in it. Maybe this is why he's down there. He gets on that big boat, and right in the middle of the ocean, just randomly somewhere off the coast of Florida, he's preaching the gospel to all these people on the boat, and they're fishing and having a good time, and he's preaching to people he don't know, telling his story, and all of a sudden, when he gets done preaching, this dark-complected man comes up to him and gets to talking to him. He said, sir, he said, you probably don't remember me. He said, but years ago, you was preaching in a hotel in Columbia. He said, and I was there in that service. He said, God was convicting my heart. He said, I needed to get saved and wanted to get saved. He said, but I wanted to pray with you because I didn't know how to pray. He said, and by the time I got to the altar, I couldn't find you. You was already gone. He said, and all these years later, he said, this is the first time I've ever been to the States. 
He said, and this morning I got up and I began to pack my clothes and everything to come on this fishing tournament on this on this boat. First time I've ever been to the States. He said, and I, God took me back to that day. He said, and I told God, he said, if you'll for, for some reason, some somehow a miracle, if you'll send that same preacher to me while I'm in the States, I will give my life to you forever. <laughs> Man. When you listen to that story, he led that Colombian man to Jesus Christ in the middle of the ocean, and God took a man in Ohio, told him to fly to Florida, set up them people on the side of the road, had him on a boat in the middle of the ocean off the coast of Florida, sent a man from Colombia to the same boat, and God went completely out of his way. To see somebody get saved. Praise God. And that's a powerful story. I tell you, there, God will go to great lengths to reach just one soul, Brother Austin. Uh, that reminded me years ago, there's a there's a man that used to come to our church. And uh, I'm not going to say no names. But he uh, um, had been fighting a lot that kind of what, what we've already said, that, you know, didn't really know if he could be saved or he wanted to hear it from somebody else. And um, he told the pastor, he said, Brother, no offense, but I want to hear that God will reach me and God still cares about me from somebody else other than you because you know my story. It's like you would know what to say. I want to hear it from somebody that knows absolutely nothing. Well, he kept coming to church, and uh, one brother was there. He don't go to our church. He was just visiting. He got up, and uh, he said, Brother, he said, I felt like God gave me something in prayer today, and I wanted to come here and share it. And uh, he said, There's someone here that feels like that God doesn't want nothing to do with you, that uh, you've gone too far, this and that. He said, But I've come tonight to tell you that God's got too much in you. God's got too much invested in you not to save you. Uh-huh. And... uh Man, that really spoke to that man that night, and he prayed and got saved. But uh, I tell you, man, God will go to great lengths to reach just one soul. Yes, he will. Know this right now as we get off this episode today. God loves you, wants you to be saved, wants you to be born again, ready to meet God should you die right now. That's right. You need to be ready to meet God. You need to be ready. I tell you, I've enjoyed the episode today. From beginning to end, we've had the infamous Mark White on today. It's been a good one. God bless you, brother. Thank you for having me today. Peace out, everybody. In this race of life I've run, the Lord says to me, my child, well done. 